Welcome to Motherhood and Making Money. This is a podcast where we interview amazing parents who have managed to balance career or business and the busy demands of their family. Each week we talk to inspiring guests and this week is no different. We are joined by two amazing women who founded Solar Buddies. You may have seen Solar Buddies featured on Dragon's Den where they recently gained investment into their business. We're going to talk everything about coming out with the idea, what made them go for investment. We're actually going to touch on some of the downsides of getting investment in your business and fast growth. It is an amazing conversation. So let's dive in to the episode. Okay. And welcome to you both. My first little question, I suppose, is just going to be a brief introduction. So do you want to tell us a little bit about who you both are and what your business is? Yeah, so um, I'm Kelly, Kelly Asplund. Um, This is Laura. Laura, you want to say hello? Hi there. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, we're both from um, Cumbran. I to like tell you our ages. It's like, like, uh, what was the Cilla Black dating show? It's like that. (laughs) What's your name and where do you come from? Go. Keep our ages to ourselves. (laughs) You both look very youthful. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Very kind of you. I'm not sure whether the stress will treat us well over the next couple of weeks with everything that's been going on. But yeah, yeah, it's... uh, (laughs) It's all good. Yeah, so me and Kelly are the co-founders of a product um, called Solar Buddies, which is a child-friendly, I say child-friendly, it actually works for a lot more people than we anticipated, uh, sunscreen applicator. Um, And yeah, we came up with the idea in 2011 after sitting down one day and having a moan over a cup of tea uh, that there was nothing out there for kids to put sunscreen on in school. And then Kelly said... why don't we try and I laughed because I thought she was joking and then I very quickly realized that she was being deadly serious and I thought well okay let's give it a go and here we are (laughs) that's the best way of starting up a business having a mode of being like well yeah why can't why can't I give it a go the best the best starting point what was it that made you come up with that idea you know for the the sunscreen applicator uh so Obviously, me and Laura met um, at the school. Um, Our children were in nursery together. And uh, my youngest at the time um, had got, basically, because the teachers have got a no-touch policy in place, they're not able to assist them putting on their sun cream. And um, we would have to, you know, we would, as parents, you would get that generic letter as soon as the sun is shining. Bring in a hat, bring in your sun cream and plenty of water. So um, the only um, available sun cream for them to obviously take in is your conventional bottles, which is, you know, your squeezes or your sprays. Now you try getting a five-year-old to do that is, you know, an absolute nightmare. But you think, oh, well, they'll put it on before they go to school. But, you know, they put in the jumpers on and off and things like that. You know, all of these things affect them not being, you know, fully protected because, it you know, it, um, it loses um, it's coverage 
Um, and, but yeah, I got uh, called in because my eldest was also called in, who was in the junior, to help the youngest one because, you know, they couldn't put the sun cream on alone. The teacher can't assist, but the teacher then obviously got called into a complete and utter mess because they'd gone everywhere, uniforms, you know, cleaning them up in the toilet. Um, and yeah, it was just so frustrating because you're just like, why on earth, you know, can't we just like, you know, give them a little helping hand? even if you just squeeze into their hand or something yeah. and just going to do nothing so um that became a conversation because I was you know pretty annoyed that this is going on um and then you know also Laura had said about a friend of hers whose little one had got burnt on the um you know out of break time and you know again the conversation had cropped up well how can they do this themselves if the teachers can't help and we understand why the teachers can't do it there's a lot of children in school that's a lot of people that they've got to try and sort of you know tackle as well and the process of getting them out the door and out onto break and out onto lunch you know it has to keep ticking around but it's still a bit of a vital thing you know when they're out in the peak midday sun you know, 10 minutes in that and, you know, they can get burnt very easily. So if they're not protected, you know, they're all coming home with sunburnt arms and faces and it's not great. No. So we thought, can we have a look at whether there's anything out there? And there wasn't. There wasn't, there wasn't no roll No, there wasn't. There wasn't even rollable sunscreens back then. There was nothing at all. Um, so, yeah, we, we did very quickly after I realised Kelly was being deadly serious, jumped in the car went down to a, a, a local shop in town and bought some supplies. I went back home and started ripping them all apart because in, in our head, we had a, an idea of what we wanted it to be like. Um, that was the first step. And then we very quickly realized, actually, this is not going to work. We can't just rock up to a manufacturer with you know a bottle and a bit of sponge stuck on top <laughs> and say, make you this. Can you make this? And I think that's something that will resonate with a lot of, of people because I think particularly mothers of enterprise when you have kids there's a lot of things that you realize god my life would be so much easier if someone just made this and there are those points where you go well I wonder if I could or maybe it's just me well I wonder if I could make it then but then I think there's a big leap between I wonder if I could make it to taking that step to pull apart some some bottles and seeing seeing how you could make it better but then also that next step next step of where do you go to actually create a product as a I suppose prototype if that's the right word to then think about building it out like to a mass market so what what did you actually come up against when you were thinking okay so we've got this thing and we want to make it like where do we go well surprisingly I'm not frightened to pick up the phone and ask people for help so <laughs> that is literally what I did I rang um, Cardiff Metropolitan University, their art and design department. I spoke to a great guy there called Gareth, um, told him what we wanted to do, and he was like, I'm, I'm really interested in this actually. Will you come in and speak to our, our students and see if any of them are interested in taking it on as their um, project? So we did, and we were so nervous speaking to all these, you know, these kids, because essentially that's what they are trying to pitch our idea to them and thinking, please, please, let somebody be interested. And there were quite a lot, actually, that were interested. So the undergraduates did the first lot of work, like the research and stuff, and then it got handed to their master's students. And we ended up working with um, one of their master's students who 
did the prototype, came up with the CAD drawings and sought out a, um, a manufacturer for us. It wasn't a quick process. Mm. About 12, 12, 18 months? 18 maybe. months, I think it was, also because you had to go through the first term, um, you know, the first part of the year with the undergrads, then into the masters, and then the student then took it into her sort of work experience. Yes, um, that was right. Yeah, she extended yeah, slightly. It, so it wasn't a quick process, but it was a very interesting process. And I think it gave us that time to get excited, decide what it is we wanted to do with it when it was made. Um, and we actually went down the completely opposite route than we planned. <laughs> we weren't going into manufacturing. No, no, not doing it. Too stressful. Mm. Not, not me. And then the minute we saw that little prototype, we were like, can't let it go. <laughs> can't let it go. Well, I think but like 18 months in also, you're like fully invested at that point. Like, you know, like if you put 18 months into something, like it's going to be, I could imagine it would be so hard to let it drop after doing that. You're like, well, you know, that's a good chunk, chunk of time to invest without anything else before you take it forward. I suppose the thing that, that I would be thinking about at that point is like, how do you then take that to market? So I know for a lot of business owners, certainly the ones that we work with, one of the big things that we're bumping up against all the time is the finance aspect of a business. And sometimes the, the reticence on our side of going, okay, well, I'm gonna need some money to do this or build this out and actually the risk that risk is just too much for me to go for so we work with a lot of women who'll go you know I'll try something small scale I'll try something zero budget because the risk is less so at that point was investment like did you have to go and find money to be able to build that business at the at an early stage or was it something that came later for you yeah, we, we wasn't. We, when it came to the university, I think all we needed um, was money for like the the um, the prototypes, the three D printout, basically. Yeah. Um, my poor kids have no shares left now because I I cashed their shares in because I I mean at, at that time we were both so adamant we knew we knew we knew that it, it was going to become something. Um, and then yeah, Kelly said, oh well, if we are gonna go down the route of launching it ourselves we're going to need branding we're going to need a name we're going to need a website and I was like whoa 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 I didn't think of any of this <laughs> this didn't even come into my mind I think I was a little bit tunnel vision with it all um Kelly was definitely ahead of everything at the very beginning she thought you know in advance then as to what we were going to need and what we, yeah how we were going to launch it otherwise it would have had no name no website <laughs> <laughs> here's my thing <laughs> Selling on the side of the street. I was going to say you'd be outside the school waiting for the mum, <laughs> waiting for the mums and dads to come in. Da, 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 da. I think back to then, and I'm like, how did you not even like consider it needed to have a name? <laughs> it needed to be sold on a. I don't know, but luckily, luckily, this is where we work well. You see, we're we're polar opposites. So Kelly has the the long term we need, and I just go. I'll do whatever Kelly tells me. <laughs> it sounds like a great mix. <laughs> it is a great. So yes, we did. We did eventually need investment. Um, and the first person to actually take a risk was my stepdad. He invested first and foremost in the business, which I'm forever grateful for. I know we both are forever grateful for because he didn't have to. Mm -hmm. um, it, was, it was quite a chunk of money that you know. Um, and weirdly, he's that approachable. I felt you know, extremely comfortable asking him 
Um, and it was never, uh, I'll think about it, it was, yeah, okay. Um, and that very quickly disappeared. <laughs> As so then, yeah, we approached uh, Hayley Parsons. I, I'll let Kelly tell you about that bit. Uh, yes. So, um, yeah, we we definitely needed the investment because, you know, we was quickly finding out that to get this product to market, um, we was going to have to buy a tool for the actual product to be made. Um, and then the run of what that would, um, you know, cost us as well. So, you know, there was a, you know, £5,000 to get a tool made. There was, you know, a good £5,000 to have our first run of product maybe um, come off the production line and then it was like well we've got something very unique in a product that nobody else has at the moment that also needs to be protected so there then comes in the pattern side of things and both of us are sitting there going yeah we can apply for this pattern and do it all ourselves we'll do the drawings we'll make the claims and we're literally like googling how to do it to try and save ourselves some money and to be fair we actually got it through the first process to the novel and inventive stage um, all on our own and we was like wow this is brilliant but then you know we had some really really good advice from the IP and um, in uh, Newport they were absolutely amazing we had another guy called Gareth who would literally sit us down and have a good chat with us and he was like look you need a patent attorney because there are lots of different ways that you can apply for a patent lots of loopholes that people could sort of intercept that in any way you need to make sure you're covering yourself so again, you know, patent attorneys are not very cheap. So, you know, uh, even up to, to, to date, you know, the bill of racking up what IP costs is, you know, is a lot of money. Um, so there was that as well. And then um, obviously, you know, Hayley Parsons is um, one of our um, investors, but she's also a family friend of both of us um, that we knew here through extended family. Um, and we thought, well, you know, who better to maybe have a conversation with than her who's done what she's done? Not because we wanted her to invest initially. It was basically just to say, well, you're another female. You're doing it yourself. Let's have a little chat and see, you know, can you give some great advice on how, you know. Help us could... get through the next week, Hayley. <laughs> <laughs> you know, fair dues, we start. And again, just having a conversation like we're having a conversation now and just saying, this is our story. This is what we're doing. This is what we're trying to achieve. This is what we believe it'll get to. What do you think? <laughs> and then, you know, she's like, do you know what, girls? You're doing really well. I love what you're doing. Um, and I'm, somebody gave me a chance when I was at your stage. So I'm going to give you a chance at your stage. Let's, you know, put some money into this and see where it goes. And, you know, forever grateful for that too, because that then allowed us to get that first production run and you know get us moving so it was brilliant yeah and and I think just getting you know getting through those stages you know it doesn't sound like it doesn't sound like it was the quickest process for you I think a lot of people sometimes are looking at businesses that can you know I want to be earning x amount of money in three to six months and leaving my full you know leaving my full-time job and, and going all in and I'm I, even thinking that now <laughs> I'm like when is that happening? <laughs> no, even though you're in it now, you know, you still just don't think, oh yeah, you know, we're like raking money in here. And we're yeah. doing it doesn't work. It doesn't work like that. You know, yeah. someday, maybe down the, you know, down the line, it will pay off somewhere, you know, where I mean, but yeah, at the moment it's building that and, and a lot comes with it. And I think that's the challenges we always found as we was trying to do this. Yeah. Uh, 
you know, we had local companies trying to help us about setting up a business, but it was very generic yeah. as well. And we we needed more than um, what was being offered. It was very difficult to find somebody who could help somebody who was trying to create a product. And, you know, for us, you know, the most information we've ever got is from other companies who's actually done it. Yeah. The actual, you know, um, business help is very, um, it's yeah. very, it's very generic. Yeah, yeah it <laughs> and, is. And that makes a, that can really stall you, I think, particularly if you're, you know, you both sound like you were very passionate about it and also confident in your skills and stuff um, yeah. to be able to push it forward. But particularly in our, you know, company, we meet so many women who who don't have that, particularly after they've been out of work for a while or you lose or just after having children. I was very much the same. I lost a lot of confidence after I came out of my corporate you know role that I've been in for years just because my network had completely changed I'd always worked in London I was suddenly in you in you know where I live full-time I didn't really know anyone my greatest outing of the week was like T of E up at the church hall and I was like I don't, I don't know anyone I don't know what to wear anymore I don't know like when I was first starting our first company that I sold in 2018 I was like I haven't even got anyone to talk to about it and I the reason I have Mubo now is because I had gone down those routes to get business support. I was like, right, I know what I've got to ask. I know where I've got to go. I've seen these adverts that say there's so much support for people who want to start a business. And I went and I went to a meeting. You all know I went to a meeting at the Parkway Hotel and I'd like tried to squeeze myself into something remotely professional, which I was probably three stone too heavy for. And in I walked. Fred had like been crying and screaming all night. I was knackered. And this guy, I remember him looking at me and I I'd obviously taken Fred with me because I didn't have any childcare. He was three months old. He was like strapped to me. And I remember this man's face and he looked and he was horrified. And I remember thinking he was probably like, please do not say this is the woman that is coming to see me. And I had all these papers and like I'd got my financial projections and he was like astounded. And he said to me on that day, he was like, is your husband coming? This is not that long ago. And I was like, no it's just me <laughs> wow I mean I I literally feel your pain I feel like we come across so many incidents like this all the way through from starting you know we literally would be trying to find a manufacturer um not you know you do have that imposter syndrome a little bit where you think you know you've never done anything like this you're walking into lots of different scenarios where people actually know this shit and you're thinking well I, I don't yeah and like well who who do you see I mean I really remember going into this one place and um we walked through this factory and um literally they were like we'll, we'll buy whatever you're selling girls and we're like what I'm not in there for that thank you that's the thing I, I gotta be honest though I think we were very lucky we had two scenarios at the very very beginning the one was horrendous. Um, basically, this guy just turned around and went, I could help you, but I don't want to. That was his attitude. And oh I left and I ran my stepdad, said a few choice words, and he said, I don't think you will ever come across. You've come across the worst, I think. Mm. Don't think and he was right. So I think we had it hard right at the beginning. So now every single person that helps us we appreciate it so much 
because we know how easy it is for someone to actually go, I could help you, I just don't want to. And I really love to walk into that man right now and, and say to him, you should have, mate, you really should have helped us, but you know, you're lost at the end of the day. And I, again, I don't think I could have worked with somebody like that. No. I, so, it, it, you know, maybe it was a blessing yeah. that he didn't help. Like, he was small fries and he was the big fish. Yeah. Why should he? So, but, you know, boo-hoo to him, go away. And then yeah. we ourselves and we've got great people. I think that's why we like to help other people as well who are in the same position that we are, because it just makes sense to do that because we struggle so we understand how you know new product businesses you know they're trying to put all these things in place you know we've already sort of done it and we're still learning but if we can help that initial beginning part of what they're trying to do you know our doors are always open and yeah. I think you've got to pay that on you know we've had a lot of help and usually it's people doing it for free because they understand the situation that we were in so I think if we didn't pass that on um, it would be a little bit ignorant of us, I think, and maybe. Yeah. And, but we're not, we're not like that. And if we can help anybody, we will. Yeah. How important do you think it was? You know, talking about those difficult experiences and talking about not, you know, that constant evolution of always needing to learn something new. Like, right, we've got to learn this now. We've got to learn that now. Do you think it made you? It, it was actually a benefit because sometimes if you're a little bit audacious or you don't quite know what you're walking into now I look back on some of the decisions I made earlier in my business and I think well I probably wouldn't be ballsy enough to do that now now that I've got a bit more knowledge but at the time I was just like throwing myself into any situation or trying to have conversations with these people who now I'd probably be like they're not going to speak to you Kerry like don't don't do it um, no, I, I can honestly say I think Doing what we've done over the years has made Kelly a lot more confident. Um, she will speak to people now she wouldn't before, but I think it's made me the other way. So I used to be a very chopsy, um, probably borderline arrogant person, not intentionally, yeah. but very confident. Whereas I've learned actually know your room, rein it in a little bit, which was hard to do. <laughs> very beginning um but I've kind of learned that you know you you can't you, you can't go into business especially as you're growing and you're working with these people that are very you know high caliber with that type of attitude you can't because you don't know it all and as much as you'd like to think you do know it all they know a lot more than you do yeah. so yeah I think I think I'm probably we're probably a little bit more even now whereas before I would be you know bursting in a room here I am and Kelly would have just been sat there letting me do all the talking whereas now I can actually just sit there sometimes and not talk because this one I'll just go off on one <laughs> <laughs> she's even that you've even out the playing field it's lush though because I love it because I'm like she she's grown in confidence massively you know, I, I had to approach her and ask her if her son could come for TV. I don't think she would have ever asked me. <laughs> Sometimes, though, um, ignorance is a little bit of bliss. If you don't, I mean, you don't, nobody knows everything. And, you know, as you say, in, in trying to speak to somebody, being a little bit more ballsy and sort of walking in and saying it, well, because you don't know it, there's nothing wrong with not knowing it. You're never going to know unless you start asking those questions anyway. So they're either going to, you know, have a conversation with you and fill you in, uh, you know, with what you need to know. 
or you know they might I just, can't, up and just, I just don't want to <laughs> I just don't want to she'd have that written somewhere like on a little a little I plaque get it on a t-shirt I could help no because that's not me I, <laughs> I, I could help and I want to and it's, I'm good yeah <laughs> and I'm in but one of the I think one of the things you both touched on there was you know when you were talking about giving back and that kind of importance of mentorship to other people and then what what you were also saying about you know it's hard to know a room if you've never been exposed to it if you're not meeting those kinds of people who are in those circles or are doing those kind of businesses so how influential do you how influential how influential do you think kind of like your network developing a kind of community around your business and being introduced to right to the right people has been for you both with this business um, I think it's been massive we started um going to the local um business events and you know you're talking a room full of about 100 people and they're all there they're all business they've all been doing business for quite a while and then all of a sudden you're chucked on a table and you've got to do the whole hi I'm Laura I'm from Soda Buddies blah 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 I, I wasn't used to that, you know, I wasn't used to that at all. I can talk to somebody at a bar, no problem. You know, I can stand there all day long and chat. But when I'm put in that situation, I'm a bit like, and and, and again, we'd get separated. We'd get put on different tables. And oh, I'd there's like, two of them, we'll split them. <laughs> we'd be like, no, no, I want to sit next to Kelly. Now we can go to events and we'll meet up at the end of the night. We might not see each other. <laughs> we might not see each other all when they're going food because we do like a buffet, don't we? Oh, I love a buffet. I think it's been massive and I think as well we've been extremely lucky with the support we've had from from people from our network um and I and one of the things I always say is yes somebody might have been in business a lot longer and they may know more than you but that doesn't mean they're better than you no it doesn't it, and, and I think that is an image that people need to shake they need to you know remember and realize that no one is better than you they might know a little bit more than you and they might be happy to share that knowledge. They might not. Mm. Hopefully they would, but they're not better than you and you can achieve exactly what they've achieved in whatever area you're deciding to venture into, basically. But we have been very lucky with our yeah, with our networking community. Really lucky. They're all playing the same game. <laughs> they're all playing the same game, the same field somewhere along the lines. Mm. You're just all at different levels and it's yeah. You know, you've got to start from some way. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, thinking about that investment point, obviously you've recently been on the television, which is fantastic. <laughs> Congratulations. <laughs> um, but I I would like to talk, if you don't mind, about the impact actually of investment. I know that investment is an, a very celebrated thing and, you know, it can get you that additional PR and obviously the cash injection, praise the Lord. But also I think, there is a side to taking on finance for your business, taking on investment for your business that then also impacts the business. So how has that been as a, like a process for you? I think the hardest part, and, I, and I've said this a lot this week, is, is has been the growth of the company and the growth has come from the investment and us being able to change things around due to that um, investment that we've had to put in um, so everything just becomes on a larger scale and everything then just becomes just a little bit more hectic and you've got to just try and find your feet so you know you've been plodding along and everything's going fine 
than the scale that you're at now because of what you're bringing in to make that growth um has literally sort of it's almost like it's knocked us all we're a bit pinball-y it's like knocked yeah. us all a little bit so we've now got to try and put that structural back into place to let that flow really really well and it's just been so so difficult like really really difficult to try and sort of like move that move that on yeah I think for me as well it's been trying to get my head around it that's what I'm most is um (laughs) a couple of days after we've been on Dragon's Den my husband very nicely pointed out to me that I drank a glass of wine every single night and I was like I'm, I'm just trying to get my head around and it relaxes me and he went yeah but what if this is the norm what if this is the norm now you, you can't be drinking every single night you need to find something else for your class <laughs> and I, I sat there and I looked at him and I went, oh, my God, you're right. You, you are right, you know, because, I mean, that's just a recipe for disaster. One glass turns into two, two's in a bottle. Um, so, I, but again, he was right. You know, he's he's a very um, he's a very logical thinker and he looks at things. He runs his own business as well. So he looks at things a bit like you, really, in the longer term. I'm just there cane in the wine that night. Um, it doesn't happen all the no, time. No, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. You, you welcome this. <laughs> also over Easter bank holiday weekend I'd like to add it wasn't you know a school night but yeah he was right and I think I was trying to get my head around it and you know taking comfort in a glass of wine which probably wasn't the right thing and the right way to go about it so yeah I I sort of changed my strategy there and now I just talk (laughs) instead (laughs) I might have a little bit of a oh you know but yes um again you've got good home support networks as well so you know, I think we're very fortunate both our husbands don't mind us moaning. I don't moan to Kelly's husband, but she doesn't moan to mine. What I mean is, well, <laughs> they're, both there. <laughs> they're both there for us to have a little, not a moan, sorry, an offload. There's a yeah. difference. Yeah, oh, a massive difference. What a, I think I've got a self-employed partner. We're like, you know, the household can be great at times, very stressful at other times. And we've adopted a new thing in the last kind of year where I'm like, I started to say to him, do you want me to do anything with this information or are you just telling me he's like I'm just telling you and I'm like it changed everything because I suddenly felt like he was telling me about these bookings or something that had gone wrong in the unit and I'd be like do I need to do I need to action that like is this something I need to do and now I've started doing it with him I'm like I'm about to tell you about the absolute storm of the day I've had I don't want you to comment I don't don't want any input on my business I'm just telling you saddle up and he's like okay <laughs> honestly it is but it, it does help it, and you know it is I think it is one of those things where you've got to it's very easy I say this to Kelly all the time it's very easy to come into work and smile and go home and smile when really on the inside you're just you're screaming because you want to offload but you just don't quite know who to do it to because you're right Sometimes you want to say things and you don't want people to <clears throat> interrupt you. You don't want their advice. You just want them to listen, stand there, and then you can go, thanks for that, and walk away. Yeah, I've just <laughs> done something with it. Yeah, and that and that really does help. But, yeah, the growth, I think, has... It's been good because, you know, the, oh, that's yeah. one, the investment we wanted and yeah. it's done great things. And I think it's just us all now adjusting and, you know, um, finding, finding our feet and... Um, riding what's in front of us now yeah 
it's all good. It's all good. Maybe I was a little bit naive. I kind of thought, yeah, you know, growth over 12 months, 18 months, that's, that's, that's doable. I wasn't expecting it to happen in a matter of like three, four weeks. You know, no, uh, I can imagine. That's wild. I was talking to a lady called Sophie last year who's got a food based business and she'd got investment by a crowd cube um, for her for her company. It had had really big growth kind of in the pandemic. And she kind of likened it to, I felt like someone had set the treadmill to 9.5 or 10. And then I was just asked to get on. And so there was no warm up. There was no walk. I was just like, oh, can I keep up? Not that I go on a treadmill. And then sometimes <laughs> I just fall off. Yeah. Sometimes <laughs> you can be off the back of it. Or maybe you're just clinging. You've got your feet both sides clinging on for dear life. <laughs> I, don't, I just don't think, even though that's what businesses want, they want to scale, they want to grow, just don't think if it happens, you know, in an instant, you can really prepare for that. And I can honestly say, I think if that happened to somebody and they did the, they did it on their own, I mean, I owe my hands up to them because I couldn't, I don't think I could cope with this day to day on my own, not, not without Calvi, mm. uh, to just, uh, he, even sometimes a look is enough for me just just a look at a friendly you know it's all right it's scary it is a little bit scary even though we've all got separate roles here it's surprising just like you know the list there's so many lists there's lists and it's just like oh anyway not another list Another list. Not another one. Well, with the celebration of the kind of investment side of it, what are your plans now for the business like over the coming 12 months, two years? What are you looking forward to? Let's change it. Let's let's not think, talk about plans. Be like, what are you looking forward to in the next 12 months? <laughs> um, probably since um, the, you know, especially with Dragon Den, um, because it's you know, broadened out um, our profile as well as, as the business. Um, we've had a lot of, um, you know, new business leads as well when it comes to like new distributors in different places. And, you know, it was always that, you know, we wanted to like cast the net out anyway. You know, we've got the US and the UK has been our um, majority of our sales. Um, but now we're getting lots of people from around the world, which now you can actually just see where we can actually start progressing to. Um, so we've got great leads for distribution. We've got great leads when it's coming up to new retail opportunities, especially because of like working with the dragons and you know we have a um, an agent now working with us. That's you know That's probably where the biggest amount of our growth is going to come, and a lot of really great collaborations with bigger businesses that you know we never had the opportunity of even being looked at. You know, so yeah. no one's saying no one's saying just don't fancy doing it anymore. <laughs> We've got, some, we've got some really exciting conversations on the go at the moment. Um, can't you know really share with you, but it's it's, said it, it's a it's a situation we never imagined, always wanted to be in, mm-hmm. but never imagined um, it happening. But yeah, it's it's it is exciting, and and you know when one thing that we we always get told we don't do enough of, and we always go yeah maybe we should do it more, but we never do is sit back, have the conversation with, oh my God, we've done all this. Yeah. Just us, you know, we've had help, but we're the ones that are doing the day-to-day running of the business. 
and you want to find the help like that's also to be celebrated because a lot of people you know a lot of people can't even get that to that stage they don't you know advocate themselves enough to to get the help that they need to take it forward so you should celebrate that I mean even going back to that like you know when we said right at the very beginning I mean setting up a business is like oh my god you've got to get a business plan you've got to have your forecasting you've got to do this you've got to do this and sometimes you just don't need to do all that straight away. And I'm saying that because we never did. Yeah. And if we did all that and concentrated so much on that, we wouldn't have even gone off the ground. So we did it backwards a little bit. And there's no problem in doing that. Because if you've never done any of that, you try and imagine giving someone a business plan, shoving that right in front of them and say, make your executive decision. Make your, your, your summary. Make your profit and loss forecast. And you're like, I don't need to so what am I going to use this for in the earlier days like I had that when I went to the parkway didn't make any difference <laughs> I get it if somebody's going to a bank to try and get some sort of funding it needs to mm. be done. It, it, you know it, you need to have that information but we were lucky enough we never had to do it and the minute we did our first business plan was when we applied to go on Dragon's Den so eight years after our launch <laughs> And, and again, I think sometimes doing, so I, I, I do forecasts now. In fact, I do weekly forecasts, which I love, but I'm always very realistic with them. I don't put silly figures that, um, the, guy, the guy that um, is Peter Jones's PA, he thinks that I'm not realistic and that I'm, you know, quite pessimistic with the numbers <laughs> too. But I, I like to be realistic. I don't I don't see the point in doing these forecasts where you're going to have, you know, 5.6 million pound profit yeah. at the end. It's just, and unless you're Amazon or, you know, one of these big, massive companies, it's just, it's all pie in the sky. You just mm. don't know. You just don't know. It's a, it's a funny thing because when I got, I went for, we're a social enterprise, so getting investment, great. I mean, you can't make any money off us, so who's going to give us money? <laughs> I mean, so, but it does exist. It just takes you years to get it. And I took on and went in front of a panel to try and get some investment in probably two years ago, I would say. And I, we never had a business plan. We didn't need one. It's nothing. They were like, you've got a business plan, right? And I'm like, mm-hmm, yeah, got that business. But, and I'm like, I'll have it for you by 8 p.m. <laughs> Delivered it. But I, I remember them coming to me after the first panel and they said, we love it, love your idea, great. Five of the eight people loved it there. The thing is, you're a bit too realistic and no one here, no one's coming here for realistic. I was like, what do you, what do you mean? But like, I just want to temper things, you know, I want you, I think I can hit that. Like if I put it too high, you know, that, that might not happen. And they, he's like, we want might not happen. So go back redo it and what he said to me goes Carrie I need you to sit down and I need you to think on your very best day if everything went your way or in month what could you achieve and I'm like well like what just pluck a number out the sky he's like mm-hmm and explain it I'm like okay <laughs> why did no one tell me why did you me to make it up I've been trying to make my numbers work honestly it's, and, and again I, I've always said the same thing I think if we'd done business plans and forecasts at the very, very beginning, I would have got quite disheartened if we hadn't have met those targets. Yeah. And I, I didn't want that. I didn't want to have the pressure of, and again, we've never run a business before. 
you know, we've never done something like this where we're, we're selling globally. And I, I just didn't want the pressure um, of having to ex accept the fact that, oh, well, okay, we didn't hit those targets this year. Maybe, maybe we're wrong actually. Let's do another one. So yeah, and, and I, to be honest with you, if we hadn't have gone on uh, Dragon's Den, you probably still wouldn't have a business plan. <laughs> well, it sounds like you didn't need one, so <laughs> that was the best thing. Sometimes there's a lot, a lot of unnecessary faff. You're like, I get the generic stuff. Yes, you could put these steps in place. I'm like, but does this really help me in the moment? Probably not. And actually, since doing it, and then you once you start doing business plans, you've got to find out what kind of business plan they want, which one they're using now, what kind of you know, which bits mean most to them. Like it's, it's just do it in bullet point form. This is what I'm gonna do this year. <laughs> like can I make you a video? I'll just tell you. Right? Here's my YouTube video of me saying this is a great idea. This is what we could do. That's all you need, a three-minute elevator pitch. Literally put it all in there and say, that's what I want. That's what I want to achieve. Can you give me this? <laughs> if this is not for you, I am not for you. <laughs> Pretty much. Well done. Well done, you. So just to wrap up, it's been amazing talking to you both. Thank you. If we were, we grabbed a mum off of the street, I'm sure there's many, and she was like, I've got this great idea. And she's thinking of a product-based business. She doesn't know what the hell to do with it, much like yourselves. What is kind of like one piece of advice you would give her to kind of take that next step to move it forward? Uh, make sure that you do your market research um, for definite that, you know, that product that you want is something that everybody wants and there's a there's a need for it. There's no point in investing uh, shadows of money into something that you know, nobody needs. So make sure... That, you know do your market research you know get some you know focus groups have a little chat you know again be careful about around the ip side of things you know because there's only so much you can talk about if it's a product that's not actually widely out there yeah. but you can still scope of whether you know there's a there's a market for the product that you got then you can start moving forward and you know it, it isn't a fast process but there's lots of chain of events of what can move on from me but at least if you know that there's potential for that product then you're you know that's step number one yeah because we did we did all the market research correct me if i'm wrong but i think we were doing the market research whilst the uni were doing their side of things so we went to we went to our children's school and we luckily the nursery were very accommodating and they asked all the mums to come in after they dropped the kids off to to do this little focus group with us so yeah, we, we did all that whilst it was, yeah. yeah, we did the market research after we started having the process, but not after, during, during. Yeah. Um, so you just need to know the pain points. If, <laughs> if your pain points are the same as everybody else's pain points and, and you know, you're all on the same page um, and you're seeing a, a recurring theme of, of this and then you've literally done your IP checks, you know, there's, there's ways of doing that. Go, do your IP checks, make sure there's nothing else out there like it. Is yours different from anything else that's out there like it? You know, what is it that's so unique to yours that can, you know, blow everything else out of the water? They're all the key things to, to sort of look at. And again, we didn't have a clue about IP. So I picked up the phone and rang the IP office. And yeah. another Gareth um, was extremely helpful. He would sit in the reception area with us and explain stuff. There's a lot of people that like to help. More yeah. people out there that like to help than that won't, basically. Yeah. 
yes, it's quite daunting thinking you're picking up the phone and speaking to somebody you've never spoken to before. I can remember actually very quickly, I was in Kelly's kitchen the once and I was ringing around manufacturers and this company answered and I went, hi, um, my partner and I, have, uh, my partner Kelly and I have come up with a product. I put it from there, she went, you sound like we're married. <laughs> supposed to say she went business partner I was like oh yeah that kind of makes sense you know it's those little things that I, I didn't think of that it is it is very daunting picking up the phone and talking to somebody about something you have got no idea about but if you don't ask the questions you won't get the knowledge that you'll need to to move forward I, I I've always said don't be scared to try something be, and the, the length of time it'll take you because that time is going to it's going to pass by anyway so you may as well just you know you've got a choice you can either sit and knit or you can try and set up something that could potentially be awesome yeah absolutely that's a great point and a great one oh, knitting mind I just want to check that in there's nothing wrong with knitting <laughs> I tried to crochet in the pandemic though half a blanket is still on top of my wardrobe waiting to be finished and my child Fred keeps walking in the bedroom and he goes when are you going to finish my rainbow blanket I'm like 2025 20, <laughs> <laughs> when you probably don't want a rainbow blanket but also I've invested so much in the wool that it costs to do your own crochet that he's taken that thing to university or to his first house because I could have just bought one <laughs> Thank you both for so much for today. It's been brilliant. I'm sure people will get loads of information from it. And we will pop all your links into the show notes so people can go and see the fantastic product. Thank you. Thank you very much.